You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show, now available on the Umoja app. I'm your host, Imran Daramsi, and on this weekly talk show, we invite professionals and teenagers to take us through their journeys and give us advice. Also, remember, if you have any questions for the panelists, you can leave them in the live comments and we will get to them during the show. Um, and another related thing, before we start, we wanted to mention a bit about the Inspire platform, which is a new question and answer platform for career advice in our Shia community. As a rising professional, you can ask for great advice from other professionals. Um, and as a mentor, you can give advice to our community's future professionals and also other students. Um, and that is available via the Umoja app and Android and iOS. And one other point about that is that before each show, each you mentor talk show, if you if you have that platform, um, you can put questions for speakers there as well. Today's speaker is Leila Tokir. She's a senior at Harvard University studying history of science and Near Eastern studies. Um, and she's also passionate about working with young people to learn about religion and cultivate God-centered love. She is also the, the co-founder of Marafa Programs, who we featured on our Community Voice show earlier this year. So after this show, we would recommend that you, um, that you go and watch that. So let's welcome in Leila. Assalamu alaikum, Leila. So nice to have you on the show today. Really nice to be here. It is our honor. So um, let's start by just, I guess, tell us a bit about yourself. How did you get to um, study, like studying what you are today? Okay. Uh, um, okay, I can start from like the conversation we had. So yeah. I am um, a Pakistani-American Shia Muslim uh, mm student yeah student and so i i spent the first 12 years of my life in pakistan and then my family moved to the united states in 2011 so we've been here mm -hmm. since um and as for like studying and stuff um once i got into college and moved moved so i am from california so once i moved mm -hmm. um to the east coast um i think that was the first time where i like was making my own decisions, figuring out life for myself, figuring out exactly what I wanted to do, what kind of person I wanted to be, uh, what I wanted to do with my life in general. Um, I came in as a pre-med student, as one does, right. um, as a <laughs> person. Um, came in as a pre-med student, um, very much wanted to be a doctor, um, right. took some of those, like, you know, the beginner um, pre-med classes. Mm -hmm. But then sophomore year, um, fall semester had this realization that I, a, lot, a lot of the work that I was doing outside of my classes was community work. It was not like STEM. It was not uh, going to right. hospital and shadowing a doctor and things like that. Mm -hmm. And had this realization that maybe maybe what I want to do with my life is not be a doctor. Maybe what I want to do is, is do community work. Um, and at that time, I was already like I had declared as a history of science major um mm -hmm. it was like one of those one of those majors that wasn't like heavily stem but it was also like heavily humanities so it was like a middle ground okay. for me to begin with um right. and i really enjoyed the subject um so i stuck with that um so with you that didn't change your major sorry so you didn't change your major at all when you like decided I not didn't. to be pre-med anymore okay no, mm -hmm. so I, I stuck with the major sorry i'm just like talking here um no no, no that's okay <laughs> no very much stuck with the major um i like i'm still really interested in history of science it it has to do with the production right. of knowledge where knowledge comes from what the history of knowledge is um so mm -hmm. i'm really 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 interested in that um regardless of my career choices 
uh, and then I minored in Islamic studies and that that was okay. something that was just like out of passion um, mm-hmm. really was really interested in studying religion am still interested in studying religion um, so I stuck with that but like still you know like had no idea what I wanted to do with my life because um, right. you could do so much with community work the only thing mm-hmm. I was sure of was that I did not want to be a doctor um, okay. and I think that that was a tough decision to make and like we, we we talked about this earlier right where like giving up that meant that um there were a lot of questions of like like was i not good enough for this um mm-hmm. could i really have quit like am i a quitter now um uh, but i think a lot i also didn't want to live a life where like i did something just so i could be like i did it um i wanted that to do something really want to. Mm-hmm. um and i think that that brought a lot of reassurance that it wasn't necessarily quitting. It was like something I needed to do to get to like, to find what I was passionate about. Um, so yeah, it was like a realization that pre-med is not the end of the all of life. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, why community work? Like, I know we didn't really touch on this in the pre-interview, but what drove you to actually pursue that as opposed to, you know, pre-med, for example? Um, so community work, uh, so community work and specifically community work in the Shia community. So what I'm really interested in is creative religious programming. And I'm like drawn to that because I feel like there's just so many gaps in our community, especially when it comes to young people. I think a lot of times, um, this like might be controversial, but I think a lot of times God is missing from our centers from our spaces, from our prayer spaces, from all of those things. And what I think what drew me to this was that like, I just really wanted to like, bring this love for God in the programming that I do in the community work that I do in like the places that I occupy. Um, and I like was not seeing enough of that. So I think a lot of it came from this this gap. And like, that's where Marifa came from too. Finding right, out right. This, mm-hmm. it wasn't a space for students to like interact intellectually and spiritually with the materials, with like our traditions, with God. Um, so that's, I think that's where the, a lot of the drive comes from. It's just like, like I want to learn what it means to love God and I want to do mm-hmm. it with the community. I see. Yeah, yeah, no, that's very interesting. And like what, I guess, started you off on that? I know you said you were pursue- doing a lot of extracurriculars that were community work. What was that like flashpoint when you realized that this is what you actually want to pursue as a career? Um, so that, I think I would attribute that to summer 2019. Um, I was interning in Washington, D.C. with El Hibri Foundation as their advanced management intern. Um, so El Hibri Foundation, they fund uh, Muslim nonprofits in America. So they're really advancing Muslim life in the United States. Um, and like they build capacity and like do funding and all. And I think that was my first introduction right. to like Muslim organizing organizing in the in the community. And I mm-hmm. that that's where and that's where like I had this realization that this is the work I want to do because because of all the gaps and because of all the things that I didn't like, um, specifically in the Shia community. And a lot of it came because I was like finally like doing research on the Muslim community. I was looking into like the good things and the bad things and how these organizations right. are fun. 
Um, so yeah, summer 2019 was also where like the idea of Marifa came from. Um, and I think that was, that that's what started it all. That was mm-hmm. figuring out that like, this is a problem that I see in the community. This is a gap that I don't know where like I can go to fill for myself. So like, let's create right. a space. And once I think that space started and like once I started working on this and I, like we, we mentioned this in the Marfa interview too. I think the coolest thing about Marfa is that it's also like our own journey of knowledge. So I think I mm-hmm. have learned so much from that organizing about myself, about the organization, about the community, about God. Um, right. So that's, yeah. So that I think summer 2019, like figuring out like this is like this gap I see, this is what maybe I can mm-hmm. do to fill it. And since then it has been a journey of figuring out like, what does it mean to work in this community? What does it mean to do this work like authentically to um, and where we all fit in? Hmm. Yes. Um, and so if could you just give our viewers a little bit of an introduction to Marifa in case they haven't heard of it before? Yes. Sorry. Because I know um, we have it on the ticker there, visit marifaprograms.org. Yeah, absolutely. So Marifa is a, uh, it's a nonprofit organization that caters to the spiritual and intellectual growth of Shia Muslim students in North America. Um, mm-hmm. So the first thing that we did was a conference in February 2020. Um, that brought together around 270 students to Harvard University um, for, for a two-day conference um, or a weekend. And it was like a time for the students to meet each other, really like get to know right. some, of these, some of these community leaders, some of these academics. And I, it was like a wonderful experience. Um, and then after that, in June or July of 2020, we started a program called Seekers and Scholars. So that mm-hmm. connects um, specifically low-income and uh, first-generation Shia high school students with Shia college students as they're going through their application process. And it also provides um, students uh, workshops. Uh, and so like now we're slowly moving into the phase of like students have gone into colleges. Now as they're gonna enter college, like we want to really think about, like holistically think about what it means to be a Shia college student, what it means to have that mm-hmm. identity as a college student. So now like we're moving into those workshops. And then we had our second conference, it was virtual. Um, yes, that was amazing. About two weeks ago. <laughs> you attended it, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, that was about two weeks ago. Um, yeah, so that's that's what mm-hmm. Marfa is connecting students, but connecting them through like content. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, once again, our viewers should all visit marfaprograms.org if they are interested. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so I guess maybe backtracking a little bit. I know we talked about some of the tension that was involved and like the feeling of failure when you decided to get off the pre-med track. So could you talk a bit about the hesitancy that accompanied that and how you navigated through it? Yeah. So um, the hesitancy was, as I mentioned earlier, this like this thing that you've kind of, you know, work, been working your entire life, entire little life um, towards okay. that, um, that like, I'm going to be a doctor. Like my mom wants me to be mm-hmm. a doctor. My parents want me to be a doctor. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, and then you get to college and then you're like, I think there was this realization that this is not something I'm passionate about, but there was just so much mm-hmm. hesitancy to let it go because it's like, this is what I wanted or like what I thought I wanted for my life. Um, right. And then there's also this, yeah, this feeling of failure that am I quitting because I don't think I'm good enough or am I quitting because this is not something I want to do? And I think that was something I had to grapple with a lot. And we talked about this. I had a meeting with my advisor 
And she mm-hmm. said something that has stuck with me since. Because uh, I was like, I was having all these regrets. And she was like, she was like, Lela, you had to, you had to go through this process to get to where you're at right now. Um, like if you, if you right. maybe hadn't taken these classes and if you hadn't like entered as a pre-med, maybe you would have had different regrets. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think like that was really reassuring, but it also, a lot of it came with like a lot of internal work that, and like re internal work and like redefining what success means. Success like now to me isn't like being a doctor. Success now is yeah. is like like being a good person, like being the best version that I can be of myself, whether that's in mm-hmm. being a doctor or doing like what I do now. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was a lot of internal work to like to to just make peace with the fact that it wasn't quitting or it wasn't failure. It was just realizing that that's not the life I want to live. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. So I guess from the perspective of people who are maybe like applying to college or just beginning college, what advice would you give them to like embark on that process of introspection so that they can decide, you know, like what they really want to do? I know that that is a really big question, but. (laughs) Okay. So, okay. So people who are just like now starting yeah or like people who are applying or or they don't really know maybe what they want to study or what they want to do or both (laughs) so like you know um okay i i like wrote some of this down because i i like spent some time thinking about like what i would have liked to have known um and i i think what what is most helpful even now and especially like as you enter these spaces i think is like learning how to surrender to God um, and it, and like trusting God more than like anything. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I know this sounds like, like really preachy, but it's like, it's actually like having conversations with God to be like, you know, like, like he, 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 he's the best of planners um, to, to guide you to like whatever you want to do. And I think a lot of it has to do with like um, being okay with not having like, not controlling every single aspect of your life uh and really like letting yourself explore i think we oftentimes forget that we are really really young uh and especially as you're entering college you're like 18 or 19 even now like as a 21 year old person i'm very young like there's so like i don't want to box myself into anything and i think that's the mentality Mm -hmm. that you should start off with um that your life is just now starting like now is the time to figure out who you are and you should be like kind to yourself in that process um and there's no one way of like living or there's no one way of success i think it, it has right. to come back down to like a lot of times to to your internal self um uh, and it's really 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 tough to do because we live in a society that has these external markers of success and that pushes us mm-hmm. to consider so many so many other factors but I think a lot of it has to like has to be internal work um, where like as you're entering something new or like as you're entering college, as you are like leaving college, a lot of it is considering like, why do you, you know, why do you do what you do? Um, why yeah. are you the way you are? What do you, what do you, like, what kind of person do you want to be? And it, a lot of it does not have to do with, with like, oh, like I want to be a doctor. Okay. But that doesn't, what about you as a person? You can be a doctor, you can be a bad doctor, mm-hmm. you can be a bad person, yeah. and a, 
you know so i think yeah i don't i'm like blabbering at this point but a lot of it i think comes down to internal reflection and i really really mm-hmm. would recommend people to do that instead of trying to find external validation bringing it back to yourself always because i right. do think that the ultimate form of success is is working on yourself as a person mhm that's a really good point i think um a lot of times people say that there is like one class or one internship or one professor that is that was really influential for them if you know what i mean so is there any such experience for you and if you would want to like yeah. talk about that yes 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 um some of my i think some of my best classes have been with um I think three of my favorite classes. One was mm-hmm. with Dr. Boyle. So he spoke at Marfa conference. Yeah, I remember. And it was Shia Islam. Um, and it wasn't the class that I was like, wow, like amazing. It was amazing, mm-hmm. but I think it was just the kindness of of Prof- Professor Boylston. And I think mm-hmm. that's where, um, even in college, um, it's not generally like you would. I I I. Like I myself, I'm sometimes attracted to like prestige and like prestigious professors and things like that. But oftentimes, you find the best mentors in the kindest professors. Um, and so Professor Borlson was that person for me. Um, then I also took a class with Professor Payam Mohsini. He serves as one of Marfa's mm-hmm. advisors, um, and right. that person that is still a mentor to me. Um, and then as for like. other things um i took a class on public speaking last semester i would like really recommend people to like <laughs> take some of these like practical cool classes cuz like one else mm-hmm. are you going to do if not now right so right so i took a class on like public speaking last semester and like we had to do three speeches and it was like three different kinds of speeches brown also has this class by the way um so you should take it okay uh, <laughs> but it was it was wonderful so like some of these practical class classes great um mm-hmm. and they were like the kindest of professors mhm yeah yeah um also um how about uh like balancing everything that you have going on what advice would you have surrounding that so like classes internships research marfa everything like oh, you know um i i don't know if i have advice for that i think that's something <laughs> figuring out for myself mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know what balance means i uh, it's 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 a tough it's it's a tough spot always right. um but okay like so juggling I, all of it it's it's juggling all of it but i think comes down to priorities i had to mm-hmm. learn that the hard way that it's not about doing 50 million things it's about being intentional about what you are doing mm-hmm. um and i think i've been the most miserable when i'm doing like six different things cuz like what's the point of like doing six different things right. other than like other than being busy um so yeah balance is something i'm very much figuring out and i don't <laughs> i have no advice for that other than just that like whatever you do commit yourself to please be intentional about it I was not I was not that for 3 years and mm-hmm. and it it takes away from like your time with your friends it takes away from your time with your family with like yourself it's a lot of just running around aimlessly 
Um, and I right. think COVID slowed, slowed me down a bit. So yeah, mm. I think that's the, like, I, I don't know how to balance things myself yet still. Um, but I am slowly learning to be intentional about things that I do take on. I think that's really good advice for, <laughs> for um, me putting you on the spot there. Um, I, okay, we are almost, we have about 10 minutes left, but I do want to touch on um, what advice would you have told your former self? I know we, we sort of already touched on this with, with, um, with like, uh, with younger students, but yeah. Um, yeah, if you could like go back in time, maybe a yeah. few years, what advice would you give? I, okay, um, some practical, I think one would be like not to get too stuck on, on grades Mm-hmm. Yes, care about them, um, <laughs> but but like don't. It's it's unnecessary stress that you don't need in your life. Um, that advice I would give to my younger self. My younger self is going through it. Um, <laughs> Okay, so this is something that I've like I've been reflecting on a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And I think I would have liked to be kinder to to myself. I think oftentimes we're so hard on our on ourselves. But like in, in Islam, there's this you, like the, the thing you have to work towards is embodying God's names. And we know that one of God's names is like being merciful and I think we sometimes forget that like we also have to be merciful in our lives and that means like being like merciful to ourselves and like being compassionate and kind to ourselves um so I think that's something and I I, that goes hand in hand with that grades thing too that like yeah we have to be kind to ourselves Mm -hmm. that and then and then this is this is something that's like a very recent development like I I wish that for the first two years or like of my college life and like and like before that I wish that like and when we talked about intentions right I was intentional I was a lot more intentional about like about what I did Mm -hmm. like like I wish I sat down and thought about why I do the things that I do that and then I I also would have loved to like have like things like driven by love. I think that's something I'm figuring out right mm. now, like what it means to throw yourself in love of like what you do. And that by that, like throwing yourself in love of God too. Like if you're doing everything mm. in, in everything for God, right? Like you're doing every, like that's, that's what Islam is to do everything for God. Every single step mm-hmm. that you take during the day, it is, it is for God. And I think if that's driven by love, it is, it's actually such a good life. Like, I think I'm like now figuring it out now, like making peace with it. And I wish I had done that. Um, I wish I had trusted myself enough and I wish I had trusted God enough to like, to like be intentional about things, to like do things out of love for things. Um, mm-hmm. And not because I wanted to hit these like markers of success or like, because that's right. the right thing to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. So those, I, I don't know if that's like practical advice, but I like, I think it, is. Like, I I think it goes back to the point about introspection you were saying earlier too. Yeah. A lot of, I like, I would really, really encourage like a lot of reflect, reflection, a lot of conversations with God and a lot of conversations with yourself. Um, Like don't lose yourself in like, in, in all of this. Mm-hmm. I hope mm-hmm. this doesn't sound preachy. 
I don't think uh, it's preachy. I think it's really, I, I mean, even though maybe it, it sounds a little bit theoretical, I feel like it, it is still pretty practical advice. Like everyone can apply in their own way, you know? Yeah, and um, I, I and I, I really do want to encourage that because like as a Harvard student, I, I don't, I think people oftentimes expect this like, this level of success, whatever the level of success is. Um, and even, even this isn't, like even like whatever school you get into, that is success for you. Um, as long as you you are like getting better as a person, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it, it, I I had to do a lot of work to figure that out for myself. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and maybe like two more questions because we still have five minutes. Um, what are your future plans? I don't think we really touched on that yet, since you're graduating like in this yeah. spring, right? <laughs> I am graduating, and I'm really excited. Um, it's it's an online commencement, so I don't know how excited mm. that is, but I'm so very excited. Yeah. <laughs> I will be working in the community. I will be doing creative religious programming. Um, that's something I didn't think like I, I would be doing. I didn't know how possible that would be because, as mm-hmm. you know, none of this is paid work. Um, but but no, I, I got a job, um, so I'll be um, I'll be moving to DC in July, inshallah. Uh, to do to do programming for the for the DC Muslim community, so I'm really really mm-hmm. excited for that. Yeah, that is really exciting. Um, okay, and that brings us to our final question uh, before we close our show, which I think has been like really great so far. What is your final piece of advice for our audience? That the one thing that you hope they can take away from this show, if they didn't remember anything else, which I hope they did from this show, like that one takeaway. Um, I'm like looking at my notes. Sorry to like, <laughs> like I know I've said a lot, um, but I I I I think I think love is something that I do want to emphasize, and like I have mm-hmm. this like written down in in my notes. It's mm-hmm. like a it's, it's a it's a poem. Uh, it's like a, a small part of the poem, a poem from Hafiz. And it says, now by my love for you, I swear that if you summon me to be your slave from all existence and its sovereignty, I will arise. And that's like something I keep coming back to. And I like, I, I, if, if there's anything that you take from this, um, it, it would be that I will arise in that arising that when God calls you or when, when you when you know in your heart that something is the right thing to do, I hope that you do arise to that and you meet it. Because mm-hmm. um, I think that's really what what life comes down to. You you meet the values that you believe in and the God that you believe in. Um, I think that's what and and like let let like let light, love drive that for you. Um, that mm-hmm. I don't I I don't know if that's like practical advice um i think that is really good advice <laughs> but definitely that specific thing like i i will arise um and and if we're talking about reflection and things like that sometimes you know like that that reminds me of of Karbala as shia muslims like imam hussein rose to that to that love um mm-hmm. and like one of and like another thing with this is um, the the line from Bibi Bibi Zainab's khutbah where where she says I saw nothing but beauty, and 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 I, and I think when when you do arise 
when you when you do rise up to like whatever you are rising up to like you will see nothing but beauty hopefully and i'm figuring that out for myself i'm not i'm nowhere near this i i like stumble and fall all the time and it's it's a lot of like hard reflection and it's a lot of like sitting down with yourself but mm-hmm. but that's what life is i think um so yeah i think that's like that's definitely to take that like we we come from a tradition we come from imams we come from a prophet that like gave everything in the name of god that like knew what love was and i like i just i hope like that we can embody even a tiny bit of that so like yeah this is that's that's definitely a takeaway that um mm-hmm. that reflect, reflecting on the traditions that we come from the stories that we come from and what that means for us today in our lives and what that what it means to love yeah that's an incredible takeaway um thank you so much leila for coming on the show the second time it was our honor to have you (laughs) i'm happy happy to be here and thank you for tuning in to the you mentor talk show um tune into the show next week on saturday at 3 p.m uh on youtube live for a special panel talk show and it's going to be about the arts and then in two weeks we have our next episode of community voice Um, And remember, you can always catch our previous episodes on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Umoja app, and um, our website. Umoja Outreach Foundation, uniting and empowering the Shia community.